0: Welcome to this bonus episode of the Olive Podcast. Each week we ask our favourite chefs, cuckoo writers and characters from the food scene to reveal their top three cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts to help make your time in the kitchen truly effortless back with Gerd Loyal and in this week's main episode we talked about 10 great books to buy for Christmas gifts in this bonus we thought we'd recommend three more not new ones this time but absolute classics to discover so maybe if you're a keen cook you could gift one of these to yourself what do you reckon I
1: think so I mean I'd love this kind of a gift any of these three books would make a great gift for Mm. Me or you, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what have you got for us then?
1: Uh, the first one is a is an absolute legend. It's Keith Floyd's uh, the book is a feast of Floyd. So Keith Floyd, for those that don't know, was sort of the most exuberant sort of food personality of the sort of 80s and early 90s, I guess, as well. He was sort of the sort of Rick Stein and Harry Biker's adventurer before they even kind of existed and would kind of go around places like France in particular, he was very known for. But, you know, he went around places like Africa, Spain. I think he even went to India once. There's all sorts of stuff. But basically, he is this sort of legendary institution of of a food writer and this is a collection of 400 of his all-time favorite recipes. Mm. What's great about this book is there's this quite comical picture of him on the cover with sort of a spoon in his mouth, and he's got his signature dicky bow tie. <laughs> Dickie bow tie yeah. um, he's signature got his, glass also of wine. his signature <laughs> glass of wine, and it's sort of scribbled with his signature on the front. And actually, the book has these scribblings throughout, and every now and then he draws a little glass of wine, which is kind of quite funny. But I love the recipes in this book. So yeah. there's all sorts. It really takes you around the world. So there's things like a hare soup with lentils and Madeira. Mm. Um, there's a red pepper mousse, which is wonderfully 70s. Um, things like a stuffed pears that are sort of stuffed with goat's cheese. But then there's sort of a Middle Eastern chicken with sour cherries. And yeah. there's a gumbo recipe. And there's a cassoulet. And there's kind of a, a Chinese cabbage and oyster sauce. So all sorts of recipes that actually kind of take you. I think he's very known for his French cooking. But, yeah. um, I think it shows you kind of what an adventurous sort of pioneer from a yeah. food perspective he was. He was really
0: known for like, I mean, if you go back and, and you can go back and watch some of his... T V series on YouTube. He was really known for like getting in he's one of the first people to go into people's kitchens yeah, like home cooks, completely. and actually cook with yeah. them or stand by them yes. taking notes. Whether they liked it or questions. not. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. then or then trying to recreate the dish and then getting yeah, off by the person. Completely. Yeah. And that's what's lovely about me. He had that sort of really inquisitive mind. Yeah, completely. And wanted to learn. He wasn't he wasn't sort of like just appropriating something no. and then making his own version yeah. of it. He actually wanted to do the. Completely, thing. and he has this hilarious yeah.
1: sort of dynamic with the cameraman. Yeah. He's always like, "Come over here, cameraman. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you." So he really, you really, you almost feel like he's in the room with you when yeah. you watch him. I think um, he was
0: one of the first people to do that sort of live cooking. Completely. You know. Go down to the sea shore and cook some yeah. mussels that he's just picked yeah. out of the sea, kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, that's that's. A I great mean, there one. are lots of his
1: stuff, but actually, if you want what this for me is sort of, it's almost like the sort of anthology yeah. of his, his four hundred best. Yeah. Um, and you really get a sense of his personality, especially with the scribbling throughout it. But so yeah, look out for that one.
0: Fantastic. And then second, we've got um, another legend, Mada Jaffrey.
1: Yes. So the book. I mean, this, she has many books. Yeah. Um, this is really the one that, that is, I think, seen as being the definitive book that Mm. introduced America in particular to Indian cooking. Um, It was first published in 1973 and it's called An Invitation to Indian Cooking. And it sort of has this quite iconic cover now, which has Madda, who was previously an actress, looking extremely glamorous, extremely chic in the most (laughs) exquisite sari with kind of like this sort of chopping board of like garlic and chilies and tomatoes and lemon and prawns and okra and all this sort of stuff, which you know, back in 1973 to an American audience would have just been mind-blowing <laughs> to kind of see this stuff. Um, and th- this book really has sort of stood the test of time and I think is as relevant today for people that want an introduction into Indian food as it kind of ever has been. Um, things I love about it is that it really got people talking about and thinking about spices. And yeah. I think this is the first book that really inspired people to sort of, I suppose, this idea of having a spice cupboard. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing I love about it is that she's just totally unapologetic about the number of ingredients in a recipe. She's like, yes, this has 15 or 20 ingredients in it, but it's going to taste incredible. <laughs> Get over it. Actually, I listened to a podcast with her recently where she yeah. said, I just think you need to think about it like putting one spice into a dish. But 20 times. (laughs) If you can do it once, you can do it 20 times. And I've actually taken that phrase and used it many, many times. I just love it. I think it's brilliant. But also
0: she's not talking about, you know, we've, we've talked in the past about chefs who have got a brigade cooking for them in the kitchen and then they try and translate that to a recipe and you've got a, a recipe which goes across her recipes don't go across six no, pages no no they don't They've not just at got all a, f- a few extra yeah. ingredients that yeah. you need to make an authentic dish yeah totally so we should be embracing that and
1: i think that's the, what, what i love about it is that there's a lot of explanation and you know this is what this ingredient mm. is this is how to combine things into dishes there's lots of history um and you sort of come away feeling educated in yeah, the way. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of recipes I love from it. So there is um, a pork chops a la Jaffrey, oh, yeah. which is pork chops with sort of cloves and cinnamon and mace. But then it sort of has interesting ingredients like soy and lemon, which you wouldn't necessarily yeah. put sort of with traditional Indian food. Um, and then it has this incredible chicken Mogli dish, which um has things like sort of saffron cardamom, and is just a really regal delicious sort of dish um but yeah do look out for it because it is i think still as relevant as it was when it was first published yeah
0: i love that one and the final one
1: the final one this is actually my favorite cookbook of all time I know, I've, you've, I've, and you've not I've, come you've never read it I've i love never, it i
0: know i'm, I'm gonna get it, you you've had it. it so yeah.
1: this i mean this is if you are If you are a sort of adventurous home cook, this is the book to buy yourself. Um, It's The Zuni Cafe Cookbook by Judy Rogers. The Zuni Cafe is basically this institution of a restaurant in San Francisco. Um, I suppose the only equivalent of it in the UK is probably something like The River Cafe, for example. So Judy Rogers herself, she started off at the iconic restaurant um, Chez Panisse and then sort of transferred over to Zuni Cafe, which is this beautiful building um, in San Francisco and this sort of iconic restaurant. She herself is very well-traveled. She's done a lot of travel around France as a student, um, spent a lot of time in places like Umbria, Tuscany, Catalonia, even Greece. Um, And she really takes this sort of Mediterranean approach into the menu, but also is sort of celebrating California cuisine as well. Now, what I love about this book is there are over 250 recipes, but what Judy does is not only the recipe is just completely delicious, but she not only explains how she came up with the recipe, but she gives you a detailed explanation of why the method for the recipe is what it is, Okay. which I think is really clever. It so actually, funny. a lot of her introductions say, I know in the recipe I say to salt for two hours and this is why, yeah. or I know that I say to cook this in this order, and specifically, this is why I want you to do it in this order. And it's really interesting because instead of it sort of being a a sort of theoretical exercise, you actually are really educated yeah. through the creation of these incredible recipes. Um, some of the recipes that I love from it, so there's a pasta with corn, pancetta butter and sage. Mm. There is um, a very iconic um, and well-loved recipe, which is the espresso granita with whipped cream. There is a, a world-famous... Um, roast chicken salad why
0: is it so famous what is it what is it about the salad
1: the the roast chicken salad I mean firstly google it and look at the picture of it (laughs) because it's so beautiful it arrives (laughs) on the table um I've had it four times maybe in my life and I remember every single time you can only order it for two yeah I mean you could order it for one but like it it can't it, it is it is you you can't just order a one portion it you it comes as for two There's something about the combination of ingredients that are in the salad with this wood-fired spatchcock chicken Uh, that is, I think the chicken is brined for like a day before. So it's just sort of like oozing with flavour and then it's sort of wood-fire cooked. But she sort of explains how you can recreate this in the oven. It's, I mean, in essence, it's a very good chicken salad, but it's the best chicken salad in the world and she explains how to do it. The other thing I love about it is that there's sort of A real celebration of seasonality and she sort of explains how to do really inventive, incredible things with seasonal fruits, which are almost not recipes. So there is a fried figs with whipped cream, raspberries and honey. Mm, Super simple. I mean, just the idea of frying figs (laughs) just to bring out their kind of jammy, delicious stickiness. Um, But yeah, this is, I mean, as I said, this is a book for sort of an adventurous home cook who wants some classic, brilliant recipes, but with a real education. It's a real upskilling, this book. And you sort of, once you start cooking from it, you can't stop because the recipes are that good.
0: Okay, well, I'm sold. I'm going to buy buy that for me. (laughs) Thank you, good. Those were three brilliant, extra recommendations. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. For more recipes and inspiration, head to olivemagazine.com. And as Christmas approaches, do check out our new online Olive Shop, where we have thousands of gourmet ingredients, drinks, and gifts from some of the UK's finest small businesses, as well as a new range of beautiful curated hampers. You can buy as many products as you like in one easy and secure checkout experience. We'll let the merchants know where to send their products, and you'll receive the order directly from them. Just visit shop.olivemagazine.com And if you spend a minimum of £25 and enter the code OLIVEHAMPERS at checkout, we'll give you an extra 10% off.